this is Nicole DeBoer, also known as Esri Dax from Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Neil Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Neil Before Pod. I'm your host, Craig McKenzie, and this time we're moving away from discussing a specific film or TV show. We have decided to tackle the topic of shared universes and whether they're a good idea or not. It's a really broad topic, and I'm not sure we'll give a definitive answer on even what they are, or what it all means, but we'll give it a go. With me, I have Aaron. Hello. Angus. Hi. And Natalie. Hi. Uh, Before we start, I should say congratulations are in order for... Angus and Natalie, who, if you listen to the Civil War podcast, recently got married. Yay! Congratulations. Thank you. We appreciated the shout out. <laughs> I think it was the Civil War one, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 All the shout outs. With you. <laughs> First, I think we should try and define what counts as a shared universe because we've got all sorts of examples of it. Um, for me, mm-hmm. it's when one or more things in. I guess we'll be talking more about movies and TV shows um, share some kind of continuity. They have something in common. They refer to each other in some way, share characters, that kind of thing. Aaron, what do you think? So that's a very broad definition. And I think we've previously had quite a few discussions on whether you need to, or it's valuable to differentiate a shared universe and just a crossover because I think there are a couple of things that I've watched that really are just a crossover, maybe even just for a gimmick. And you know yeah. that it can't really be any bigger than that. Yeah, for instance, I don't think Family Guy and The Simpsons share a universe. They just did a crossover because it's it's funny. But yeah. in doing the crossover, does that then mean that they are sharing a universe? Because the crossover has strict- happened. How strict do you want to be with that, though, I guess? I mean, would they ever go back to it? Is it just a throwaway thing they've just done and then that's it? I think in the case of The Simpsons and Family Guy, they're um, they're pretty satirical anyway. So they're not taking the whole thing seriously. They're just doing crossovers to prove how stupid crossovers can be kind of thing. Someone out there might be hardcore enough, though, to think of it as canon. They're like, it's happened now. <laughs> yeah. Hard canon. Yeah, but they promised to always stay half an hour apart, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Angus, what are your views? Um, I think, yeah, I'm I'm with Aaron. I think that it's difficult to define when you've got, you know, spin-offs and Easter eggs happening and other things, you know, like uh, the C-3PO and R2-D2 hieroglyphics and Raiders (laughs) of the Lost Ark. Does it mean that they're the same universe or is it just a little... They are! They are, they are, because... Is it just a joke? Is it an Easter egg that got thrown no, in? No, they are. Ashley messaged me about this. She said, this was a comic, though, not a TV show or a film, but she bought an Indiana Jones comic or something, and in it, what is it they do? Indiana Jones finds the body of Han Solo. But is that canon? <laughs> like... Why can't that be a shared universe? Well, there's there's no reason that it can't. Uh, like, what stop? Like, what more proof do you need? Like, it did happen a long time ago. Uh huh. <laughs> and he found, and he finds Hansel's body. Did shared they then turn that into a story? I don't know. I didn't read it. Oh. <laughs> Disappointing. <laughs> well, that, that's one. <laughs> Just giggle it. <laughs> yeah, that's one. You, know, you talk for a bit. I'm totally going to do that. There we go. <laughs> 
I thought that was really cool. So, but I didn't know if how strict you were wanting to be with TV and film stuff because that's like comic of films, and I then mean, that's a shared universe in the comic. But it looks, yeah, I mean, it happens in the movies as well. So, yeah, well, I mean, we'll get on at the specifics of the particular film and TV ones we're going to talk about anyway, but. Uh, I just need to right, I need to interrupt because I need to answer the question specifically <laughs> Angus's question. That was a specifically non-canon story, not go. valid. So it's just a bit of fun. They decided to write a comic where uh, Han Solo is exhumed by Indiana Jones. Right, sir. Somebody tell me what they mean by canon. By canon, it kind of means that it really happened within the confines of this fake universe. Accepted continuity. Yeah. Okay. Don't edit so, that out because I think that there will be people who don't know what that means either, <laughs> and they'll laugh anyway because they'll be like, "Oh, yeah, that's right." But really, like, come on. Yeah. That's... I think I think canon is a whole other podcast. Uh, it just that, makes that... me think of that food. Canon. Do you know of all the things you could have said, that was not the one I was expecting. <laughs> 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 all right. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so, Natalie, do you have views on? Uh, shared universes and and what counts as one or what doesn't um i don't know i was finding it really like confusing because the more you think about it everything seems to be connected to everything else anyway and um and then it's like where do you draw a line for it being a shared universe or is it just an easter egg or is it just you know just a wee a wee joke and so i don't know i don't know where i draw the lines maybe it's if they exist on screen or something together or or what, but at least we've yeah. got some really good examples. Yeah, like cinematically. But there's so many, like there are so many. Yeah. And well, um, yeah. One of the major ones I can think of is um is Buffy. How that spun out into Angel and you would have stories that would start in Buffy and continue in Angel or vice versa. And they would constantly be referring to each other or they'd be on the phone to each other off screen and things like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a very small shared universe, but it was it was shared. I didn't. I see. I don't know if you were going to count things like that because it spawned from from one thing, and then it's it's become like a like a what's it called? Like a spin-off, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, that can be how they they start, I suppose. Uh, there's no reason that they couldn't have another three or four Buffy shows with different characters, and they all exist in the same reality as well. Were they so intertwined that you needed to be watching the different parts to understand what was going on in each, or were they, were they kind of self-contained and you could conceivably watch one and not the other? Uh, you could they weren't, definitely watch one, I think, yeah. and not the other. There were, the word you used, Easter eggs, I think, covers what they did. If you were were watching both and you saw a character take a phone call, you could totally go, oh, that must have when this other character took a phone call in the, in the other show but you really didn't need to know what the phone call was about because they both immediately told you. <laughs> they, had right. to be, they had to be clever about it as well because both shows were on different networks, so crossovers were kind of difficult. What? Different what networks? Would, yeah. But what you would have is, um, for example, in season four, Faith wakes up from her coma and over in Buffy, and then as soon as she's done Spoiler there... Spoiler <laughs> Spoiler for a 15-year-old show. Yeah. <laughs> And then after she's done with her story there, she moves over to Angel and has a couple of episodes there. And mm. there were other examples of that uh, throughout. Yeah. So, well, it's, 
in that case then, Pretty Little Liars has like a a wee show that was a wee spin-off called Ravenswood and uh, and there was a character who then came back from disappearing to this other TV show for a few episodes which then got cancelled and then kept on talking about his time in this other universe, Ravenswood. Mm-hmm. Um, same universe. Or same universe. <laughs> same universe. It existed. I didn't ever get to see it though because it's not on Netflix but <laughs> there we go. Uh, Star Trek was a big one obviously. Um, started with the original series, spun off into three shows that were set roughly at the same time and then they didn't um, really cross over that much because they were very far apart. What did Star Trek break down to? Well, it started with the original series and then it became a shared universe eventually, but there was very little crossover. They did share characters a lot though, didn't they? I mean, they just traded characters backwards and forwards sometimes, possibly for ratings reasons, I have no idea. Yeah, like Worf turned up in Deep Space Nine and stayed there. Um, yeah, things like that. They would mention... Talk about, like, different generations of Star Wars. No. Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> uh, wrong star. Sorry, it's on Um Yeah, so what Deep Space Nine... What are the Star Trek ones? Uh, I don't know them. Original series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager and Enterprise. Deep Space Nine, Voyager and Next Generation were set at the same time, essentially. The exact there, same time? Yeah, there was some overlap with... Some of them. I mean, Next Generation ended while Deep Space Nine was only on season two. But you know, they there was there was crossovers. You would have them so, like Captain Picard was. Were they broadcast, at the, same... in, were they broadcast like, at the same time? Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh my god, that is like Star Trek deep, like. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, the stories in Star Trek they span hundreds of light years, so the chances of them coming across the same thing, unless they happen to be in the same area. Are pretty slim. So it's like, why bother? <laughs> this, this kind of like the whole premise of fandom there that yeah. you've just dismissed. You know? <laughs> because people <laughs> always want more. That's <laughs> okay. And also, well, people like you know. to pick apart the continuity details. They like to know when certain episodes are set relative to other episodes and things like that. Oh, that sounds exciting. <laughs> Again, picking at certain parts of fandom. Also, you participated in about three or four different Star Trek podcasts at this point. You had to ask, what's Deep Space Nine? No, look, right, I've heard of Deep Space Nine, probably seen an episode of it at some point in my life, as maybe some other people have too. But I didn't know it had like stuff to do with Star Trek or that it was related to I just thought a whole bunch of star shows came on at the same time and I didn't know that they were related. Star Trek Babylon Five. Like, oh my god! Like they're dominating, <laughs> they're dominating TV. Like, wow! No, wow! Just, I'm impressed. Like, that's a lot of Star Trek stuff. Yeah, and now there's almost none. So, are you sad, Craig? Uh, that's another podcast. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's okay because I mean you've got so many shows that you can always relive. So. Yes. Yeah, for 700 episodes to rewatch, yeah, I'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, that's almost as many hours. All in a shared universe. <laughs> All in a shared universe. <laughs> yeah, um, um, Star Wars is another one, isn't it? Um, although it's not until recently there's been multiple yeah. live action, or there's been multiple sort of visual media set in the same universe, really, because there was always the films and then there was comic books and novels and things, and at some point they were considered canon. I mean, I don't know much about expanded universe as such but 
I think at least most of it was canon, apart from Super Bombad Racing, which... <laughs> and then <laughs> Disney said, no, it's all legends now. <laughs> it, it all didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. But uh, when the prequels had finished, they brought the Clone Wars TV show on that was supposed to be set between uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, although all the stuff that goes on there completely contradicts what goes on later, so I don't know how that applies, but... Um, and How's that? How's that a shared universe when we know it's Star Wars? I don't know why. Like my, I guess my idea of a shared universe is um, is of different things happening at the same time that at a later stage you then find out was at the same time, rather than it being Star Wars. This episode, Star Wars. Then we're going to go and do this backstory, which is happening at the same time that this other story happened at. Is that a shared that's universe? A, that's actually quite interesting. Almost technical point then, yeah, because it's mm. like it's one universe that there's multiple stories in, versus as you say, two things coming together and sharing the universe as you say, as a surprise. Actually, that's a perspective I've never even thought. Well, of. I'm thinking primarily of to lower the tone, I suppose, a wee bit. Disney, okay, because there's so many series. I don't know, I don't know. Like you must have heard of some of them or know some of them from watching it, but so many exist. It's crazy if you think about it. I don't. I don't know if we've got time for me to to reel off a whole bunch, and I don't know if I could remember them all on the top of my head. But for example, last week there was one going around the internet that I read about Andy's cowboy hat from Toy Story. From Toy Story, <laughs> you don't know who that. Is. Um, have you seen Toy Story? Yes. <laughs> well, you never know these days, right? Like at work, everyone's so young. They're like, I don't know what that is, and I'm like, Oh my god. So, um, right. So Andy has a cowboy hat. And there's a theory to suggest that the cowboy hat used to be his mum's because she was the owner of the Jesse doll. And I was like, whoa. But that's just existing in Toy Story, which isn't yeah, even Disney. Yeah, that's, so just never a, mind. that's just a theory that <laughs> so fits within gone, the Toy Story trilogy. Yeah, that's... yeah, I've gone off tangent. What I meant to talk about was how Rapunzel is at the party in Frozen as a guest with her partner and how things like in Hercules, um, Hercules is sporting Scar's fur for like a vase portrait and stuff, you know, Mm. things like that. There's loads. Yeah. And I think a lot of those are just little animation Easter eggs where the animators just put something in so that maybe someone will notice it. I know that Pixar do it all the time. Or is it a shared universe? Because apparently the boat in The Little Mermaid is the boat that Elsa's parents from Frozen died on. Do people actually use that information in the story to any effect? No, they're just kind of Easter egg it's sort just, of details. No, it's just that it's all linked. Apparently it's like, it's all linked together. But these are things that, like, when they're making the film, they can kind of plan out, okay, yeah. we're going to drop this in here. But, for example, well, there was a whole load of Nightmare on Elm Street movies with Freddy Krueger. <laughs> A whole load of Friday the Thirteenth movies with Jason Voorhees, and then at some point, whoever was in charge of it all said, "Ah, they're in the same place. We're going to make them fight in some weird Friday <laughs> stuff." And so it's like this kind of retrofitting shared universe. Yeah. So do you have to be planned ahead in order to count as a shared universe, or can you just collide two things at some later date and hope for the best, and they still count? I think as long as the collisions kind of make sense, then it's all to play for because it's all made up anyway, you know. And as long as you can 
bring one element into another element and it feels like it fits, it's fine. I mean, an, an example, probably not the best example, was Alien versus Predator. Oh, yeah. Um, wins, we lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we being the audience. <laughs> um, I don't think it's that bad, but that's another story. Uh, but it's there's no reason that those two alien species couldn't exist in the same universe because it's a big galaxy, you know? Well, I think that's one of the one of the examples I thought of was was the opposite, where it is definitely just a gimmick, and that was Bones and Sleepy Hollow, where the things that go on in Sleepy Hollow almost directly contradict anything that could possibly occur in Bones. You know, it's it's totally a gimmick because there's no way these two universes could possibly be the same one without there being dramatic consequences that completely underwrite the other show. I've not seen any of those. Yeah, um, now, Sleepy Hollow know. is total uh, supernatural, where the supernatural beings are supposed to be hidden so the everyday people don't see them, but they are blatantly there, and everybody's just desperately trying to look the other way. And Bones yeah. is this... I think she, the, the main character of Bones is... I think she's a forensic anthropologist. If that doesn't yeah, necessarily sure, make yeah. sense in my head at the moment, but that's what she calls herself, and she is ultimately logical, like some horrible child of Spock and Sheldon Cooper, taken both to a, a, an extreme, where everything she does disproves anything outside of the realm of science. You know, she is just science, and so the idea of bringing these two things together—it's—it's—it it's, was possibly slightly fun. But it was definitely a gimmick because everything Bones had done disproved Sleepy Hollow and vice versa. How did that actually pan out? Yeah, how did it pan out in the shows itself? I mean, I don't know what what show the crossover happened in, but did the characters from the other one just turn up as if it was nothing? Or was there a big deal made about their arrival? Well, the, the, the characters from both appeared in each other's shows and they, had, they, were, they found ways to ask each other for help. So the, the, the people from, from the Supernatural show needed to go and get some information about the past. So they went to the forensic anthropologist to find out some information about a historic figure. Mm-hmm. And then the other team had some vice versa need to help the, the first one. But the, the weirdest thing was in the Supernatural show, it was, it was a bit like old school X-Files where if Mulder looked, there were like aliens freaking everywhere. But as soon as Dana Scully turned around, they all just hid in cupboards, so she never, ever saw it. So the same thing happens. The Sleepy Hollow people were just seeing these demons and creatures flying around. But as soon as the science people turned up, they all had to just strangely vanish, so she never saw them. So it was, it was just oh. a bit weird, you know. So it puts in bones that in that world, but makes her conveniently never notice them. Yeah, and it means that even though she's a student of everything that ever occurred in human history, never should she ever find anybody who died of being attacked by a supernatural creature. You know, all evidence of ghosts was false for her. Mm. You know, she disproved all these things on her own show, but then clearly in this other universe, or the same universe as they pointed out, it did exist. So she clearly must have been completely wrong for her entire career. It must kind be of mind a strange crossover if you have to kind of continually kind of paint yourself into a corner or try and work your way narratively back out of it. Yeah. 
I mean, mm. it, it was I say, it was a gimmick. It could never be repeated because it would just have been ridiculous with uh, trying to paint these corners <laughs> continuously. Uh, another one I can think of is Stargate. Uh, I know that's had uh, a few shows, three maybe. I've never watched it, but um, you've never was... watched Stargate. No. <laughs> what kind of sci-fi fan are you? One who hasn't seen Stargate. That's outrageous, if, especially and, if you know uh, all the Star Treks. And now there's what twenty seasons of it, so it's you know it's a little difficult to get access to. No, it's not. I own it all. It. You can borrow it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, think about it. But the, there was what there was three. Yeah, there was three shows. I mean, the, there was the film, then there was the TV show that was a sequel, and then there was a spin-off to that, and then there was a spin-off to that, wasn't there? Uh, I, yeah, Stargate, Stargate Atlantis. I'm struggling to think of another one, actually. The the one that was essentially Star Trek Voyager, but with Star Trek. Oh, Universe. Yeah, that was actually good. Yeah. Um, and as I understand it from what I've heard here and there, they do share characters or the crossover characters and, and things. And events are maybe referenced in one or the other. Yeah, they're definitely one built directly out of the other, though, rather than being a collision. So, yeah, they're, like they're following the, the yeah, they're definitely following the Star Trek route in that sense. Yeah, and we can't really define it very easily, but things like Buffy, Star Trek, Stargate definitely do count as shared universes because of the the crossover and the fact that they're they, they inform one another, I suppose. Whereas Bones and Sleepy Hollow. Maybe not, but that was only because they are the the last one is is a total gimmick. You know, if they'd have yeah. picked two things that didn't mutually exclude each other in that way, then arguably they could have been a shared universe. And there there must be things that have been brought together that were previously separate. That have, like you like you say with Predator and Aliens, they weren't built mm. together, but then they were they were meld, uh, molded together later on it doesn't seem that that couldn't be called a shared universe it it seemed to work yeah it was uh friends is another one weirdly uh it exists in the same universe as mad about you because uh phoebe's sister ursula was a character in that uh, and then they reused the actress for friends and then reintroduced the character later and it also exists in the same universe as er because george yeah. clooney and so on turned up in one episode and how does that? How does that mean that that's the shared universe? Just from one or showing up in another. But yeah, was he? Was he as his character? Yeah. Oh, I messed up. I messed up. Bit. <laughs> that's how it counts as a shared universe. Yeah. Uh, the weird thing about it, well, this, the weird thing about that is if you don't really watch ER, then it's just a couple of doctors that are in an episode. Yeah. And I suppose it doesn't really matter because they're all essentially set in the real world. So as long as ER doesn't refer to Friends as a fictional show, then it's okay, I guess. Well, yeah, they don't exclude each other in any way, so it's it's yeah. fine for them to... It would be weird if one of them had 9-11 in them, even though that's not a contemporary reference for them, but, for example, if one of them had 9-11 in them and the other one didn't, then you'd have serious trouble saying that they definitely were occurring mm. at the same time. Yeah. What about, because I asked people about what sort of shared universes they could think of and quite a few people suggested some really interesting things, but one of them was Alien and Blade Runner. Sharing oh, the fact a universe. That, 
Yeah, but that's never been confirmed either way, has it? Well, I'm saying... reading an article about that, and apparently, <laughs> apparently, in the UK release of Prometheus, um, there is a screenshot of an unencrypted message by Peter Wayland, the founder and CEO of Wayland Corp. Um, and apparently, it's a blah 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 talking about this person who was the head of the Tyrell Corporation, whose office was on top of the pyramid and was one of the people in Blade Runner. So that totally works. It's been proven. And I know that Ridley Scott said that he pictured the Earth in Blade Runner as being the kind of existing planet that the Nostromo would have left from. The The androids behave completely differently in both films, though, don't they? They do. So, well, they might just be a different species of android. <laughs> Are they supposed um, to occur at the same time? Is one supposed to be uh, set much later on, as in the androids could have evolved? I'm not entirely sure. I think that it must have been just before or something like that. Yeah. If they've got a message, if they've got a message coming on their screen, why would it? Why would it mention him if he wasn't like you know? But that might Around. that kind of fits into the sort of three PO and R two hieroglyphic type crossover where no one actually refers to it. It just happens to be on screen as a kind of Easter egg for people who are pausing their DVDs and zooming in. <laughs> Plus, Prometheus Prometheus fails as an alien prequel. Never mind a Blade Runner. <laughs> so. <laughs> And um, there's like there's quite a few. I don't know. I don't know a lot of them actually. Like a Walking Dead Breaking Bad crossover. What? How how that? did they prove that one? Where does that? No, is somebody just said. Somebody just said, "Oh, Walking Dead Breaking Bad crossover is pretty damn cool. Look that one up if you don't know it." And I'm like, "Well, oh, I don't know that, and I still haven't googled it." <laughs> here we go. Are you doing it? Are you googling? Yeah, it? here we go. Here's what okay, it. Let's see what it says. Uh, Walking Breaking Dead. Bad, Walking Dead Easter egg. Good grief. Walking Dead exists obviously in the same universe as Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, but come on, that's like the same name. Yeah. But there are two shows set in the same continuity set. Um, I don't think that's a shared universe. I think that that's just of the same show. Um, I'm not sure. I think it's supposed to just be a prequel, isn't it? I mean, I, I gave up on it pretty quickly. If it's, a, yeah, but if it's a prequel or anything to do with the same story, I don't know if I would count that as like a shared universe. It does feel less shared universe because it's all kind of part of the same if you've got, tale. For, yeah, if you've it's got set in a different Hampton. place as well, isn't it? Like it across is. the country or something. If, yeah. you've got, if you've got something in Prometheus, which is to do with Blade Runner, and that's from a totally different universe, and then suddenly they are now in the same universe because that's like they've got the same people, the same connections, whatever. Then I'm like, holy shit, like shared universe. But if you've got The Walking Dead and the fear of The Walking Dead, I'm like, that's just The Walking Dead. Well, I mean, in the same way that Enterprise is a prequel for Star Trek, Fear of the Walking yeah. Dead is a prequel for The Walking Dead. But, yeah, but I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that the prequels for Star Trek would say that it's a shared universe. I'd say. In the sense, I suppose that that I'm thinking of it, I'd say, well, that's just part of the same, the same thing. Yeah, you're putting this, it, different 
different people here are putting different emphasis on the word shared. Like you might say the DC universe has got Arrow and Flash. As, I mean, you could refer to it as a shared universe, but arguably, yeah, yeah they're spinoffs and actually they're all in the same universe. Whereas yeah. as def- Nat- Natalie is definitely saying that if you take two things that were built differently and then bring them together, that is what makes it really shared, emphasis yeah. on the shared. Yeah, mm. that's, that's a like, whoa part, I think, is the more exciting part than just talking about the fact that Marvel have got 20 different movies. You know, shared universe. Yeah. But at some point, those characters that are that we now know as kind of living all in the same Avengers flat, uh, <laughs> they they must have been standalone at some point and then you know back in the day showed up in each other's comics yeah and in the, the comics time, yeah, yeah. People, although so, um, what is this person doing here in the in the comics they always kind of went with these characters exist you know down the road from each other so you would have uh, new york was pretty busy for instance you'd have spider-man kicking about daredevil kicking about and so on and then um, they would run into each other now and again so they kind of emphasize that and obviously they would cross them over just to sell more comics uh, mm. every time a new character gets introduced spider-man turns up within the first five issues to get people to buy it you know <laughs> but um they refer to things that, that happen in other comics so that has its own problems because you can have one alien invasion in one comic that devastates the city and then another one in a different comic that no one really reacts to that's kind of something that we'll get onto. um in terms of yeah, so we've got some examples of what what shared universes are, what crossovers, and um, some really good examples. And it's, I guess it's very difficult because sometimes it is just for a laugh and you're not supposed to read too much into it. But other times it's really designed. You know, they, they want more stories in this world with different characters. Right, here we go. So okay. I, you, people, from, people who know The Walking Dead will have to help me out here because I don't know characters, but it turns out someone called Merle... New, New Heisenberg before the apocalypse. This is based on something he said, I think, that then people are extrapolating from. They're saying if if that is the same Heisenberg, then it must have been Breaking Bad and therefore Breaking Bad must have been a prequel. <laughs> but it could what? be just this throwaway it could be just this throwaway comment from this character Merle, just because he happens to refer to Heisenberg at some point, we're saying it's the same guy. Maybe he watched Breaking Bad. Equally Steve possible. Paul. That could still be the same. Maybe not. That's not. Well, that's not at all. Tarantino has a sort of thing with that, where half of his films take place in the same universe, and then the other ones that are a bit more fantastic are apparently movies that the characters in his shared universe would watch. Oh. So Kill Bill and uh, I don't know Django stuff like that are movies that characters in Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs would go to the cinema to see. Right. Has Tarantino ever confirmed that, or is that just something that people say? I think that he has. I think that he's like, well, it might have just been kind of throwaway comments from him, but I'm sure that somewhere he said that. Yeah, well, you brought it up, and people that I asked about definitely brought it up, and um, and I think it's quite a, it's like a a big massive thing that people recognise. All of the mm-hmm. things being connected. But then he's like a Disney, I suppose, and that he's just got all these, all these movies and. Little I don't think bits. everyone's ever compared Tarantino to Disney in quite some. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time for everything. Yeah. So yeah, um, 
I guess in some cases it's we'll do this crossover maybe as an Easter egg or just a one-off, and in other cases they just want to tell more stories in the same world and then have the option at some point to let them cross over, I suppose. Mm-hmm. How would you define an Easter egg? Because I know what they are, but I mean, how would you define? How would you uh, define it? Like, how uh, would you separate it from being anything else? Easter eggs are usually have- little things. Yeah, something that you need to have a little bit of knowledge about the show in order to find. It's not necessarily hidden, but it's not obviously pointed out by the plot itself. It's something for you, the viewer, to use your knowledge and then see, even though you're not being shown it. Mm -hmm. So where would you draw a line then for it being an Easter egg and an indication of it being in a shared universe? Or, or is there, or is there no line? I think it's the pur- it seems to be the purpose. Maybe you know, people are actually trying to point something out and say, "Look, we need this other show to prove this point that we're currently making." So you're actually in, say, say in the Bones and, and Sleepy Hollow one, they actually specifically go to each other and say, "Can we have your help, please? You must exist so I can use you." Whereas that yeah. Heisenberg Walking Dead one. This guy, Merle, says, yeah, I once knew this guy called Heisenberg. Now, he could have known anybody called Heisenberg. And there's apparently a picture of blue meth on a table. But at no point does anybody say, I got this blue meth specifically from this guy called Heisenberg. And he Mm. was a chemistry teacher, I say. And if they give you that much information, (laughs) it would actually have used it in the plot. But because you're supposed to look at the blue and then hear the name Heisenberg and put it together yourself, that deduction is, is that needs your knowledge. That makes it the Easter egg, because the deduction isn't done for you. Mm. A little sly wink to people. Yeah, there's, one, yeah. there's one Easter egg that randomly springs to mind. It's in the Jurassic Park sequel, The Lost World, where the T-Rex is rampaging through San Diego, and there's a bunch of Japanese people in one scene. And they, um, I don't think it's translated in the film, but they say, I moved, from, I moved away from Japan to get away from this. you know and obviously well maybe he does but i don't think godzilla exists in the jurassic park universe but that's just a little japanese easter egg if you bother to translate it you know and it's just funny it's a little joke that's cute yeah i've just googled like best easter eggs in movies and i'm like oh we need to have a different podcast for that because the first one that it talks about Perhaps next is, next Easter. Is The Shining <laughs> appearing all over Toy Story? Good grief. <laughs> right, your mission is to research that, and then once you you have until next Easter, so we're fine. Next Easter? You mean Easter? Yeah, we do an yeah. Easter egg podcast at Easter. Yeah. But not next Easter, just Easter. Well, it is the next Easter, isn't it? Easter? <laughs> You know, I knew this would this podcast would end up in a discussion over semantics, but I never imagined it would be <laughs> whether Easter is in fact next Easter or not. This is the crazy world of Neil Before Pod. Yes. So, just, yeah. Now that we've failed to define what a fair, shared universe really is, uh, are they a good idea? And I think if they're so, fun. Do I think they're fun? Yeah. No, I I'd agree. That seems to be a, a real. That, that should be a nice reason for doing any show. I think then you're going to 
possibly disagree though with anybody who's like a serious hardcore fan of a show like the you know people would say that the sleepy hollow bones crossover was fun but i think if you were you're a hardcore bones fan then it would really upset you that supernatural stuff suddenly exists in bones and they wouldn't consider it fun well as a bones fan you'd have to just go with what the writers want you to to have Oh, have, you, have you ever been on the internet? <laughs> People really, really don't like to just go along with what they're told. Well, that's what the they've fallen in love or whatever with the universe that these people have created, and that's the direction that they want to go in. You're just going to have to go with it too. Take that, everyone. <laughs> or hope that it has so little impact that you can ignore it. Yes, I've There's never seen that. that TV show, so I have no idea what that's all about. <laughs> Uh, I think that broadly speaking, they're a good idea. I think it works for better. It works better for some things than it does for others. For instance, comic book stuff, it it works perfectly. But there's you know there's certain properties that you just couldn't ever see living in the same world together, unless you're a six year old child playing with action figures. In which case, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. I um, think it's I think it's great. I think it's like see when it's a surprise, which is why maybe I'm focusing on that. I think it's because that's what I get the most enjoyment out of when you're suddenly like, oh my god, like that's that's at the same time and more things make sense and it's more it's more fun than than um, the other ones. I think the kind of planned ones can be really good and kind of immersive for fans if you want to just get completely lost in a world that you know is so much wider than the film or the book that you're enjoying at the time you know that there's other things out there that you can then go and watch or read and research and just kind of enjoy so much more stuff um and the ones that kind of come smashed together like avp or freddy versus jason kind of come out of the blue and you can enjoy those as well because you because it sort of puts a twist on something that you maybe two things that you enjoyed separately and then you think ah i never imagined these things together or it can be just a bit of a surprise and uh, so hopefully an enjoyable one. <laughs> yeah, and the benefits seem to be that you get to see characters that you like talking to each other or working together on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can be from two completely different things, or not completely different, but they can be from two different things and you know you can have them just turn up and and bring what you like about that character to that other thing. I quite liked uh, the. There was one that I saw at CSI and Without a Trace because Without a Trace was a show that I randomly watched when I was ill off off work at one point, and then kind of stuck with it for a bit and got to really like the characters. And then they did this seemingly random crossover with a, with one of the CSIs, and what that provided was two characters who were both sort of fulfilling the same role in their own series, were then able to have a conversation. Mm. So the, the two bosses could never have a boss-to-boss conversation with anybody in their own show because they were the boss and they just had to talk to the other people. But all of a sudden, these two people were able to have a, an extra interaction that was almost impossible in you know without it being a crossover that and that was i actually really enjoyed those scenes hmm. and with procedurals that it, it might as well be in the same universe and it's easy to put it in because they're all set in pretty much the real world aren't they yeah there was no way that uh that two um american um 
agencies were, were, were going to exclude each other in that way. So, yeah, they were free yeah. to do that. Yeah, so that works. Um, I mean, going into the Marvel films, for instance, it's, it's really good to watch a film, I don't know, for instance, Thor, and then Hawkeye turns up, and then you see Hawkeye again in the Avengers. So you kind of, you follow these characters around different things. Yeah, but you expect it, though. Yeah, you know, but what they've done though, for what they've done though with that with that Marvel universe is is turn film back into TV, which is mm. which is unique to them still. I think at the moment where you can actually, it's, you, you could actually marathon the films like you could marathon a TV series and watch them all continuously, as well as all the TV series. If you had to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they're certainly the first. Other than Star Trek, I think, or maybe Star Wars as well, that have TV and film sort of coexisting at the same time. They have some coexisting, but do you ever see like the big characters in any of the TV shows? Obviously, um, Samuel L. Jackson, because yeah. his premise for existing is to be everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Nick Fury. Any, is a- anyone else? Is he like? Is he the only one? Like, why? Why if there's a problem? Do they send in like the Z class of heroes, <laughs> and they don't send in like the top guys? What are they like in Barbados on holiday? Like, what are they doing? Can I just uh, say for the moment where you referred to the characters of Shield as Z class heroes because that just really fills me with joy. Carry on. <laughs> um, I don't mean it to be bad. It's just like, why would you send in those ones? And that's a, that's a valid opportunity. Are they looking to you know broaden? Like, you know, their responsibility and go for, like, a It's because they don't cost work, as much like as the what? actors that play the big heroes. <laughs> That's not good enough. If you're going <laughs> to if you're gonna have a shared universe and you're going to have all your characters moving around freely and all of that, then they should go over all the platforms. You're pointing out the draw bit. Yes, but what you've... The, you've the identified you've a just problem listed, with this though, concept, yeah. And, and the things you've just listed are actually the reasons that they use on screen it is sometimes it does feel like a scramble round for why isn't this guy here why isn't this woman here they they do sometimes give you these desperate reasons yeah which was kind of funny what was sorry what was the one i mean i think i quite liked deadpool because he totally takes the piss out of that with the whole x-men guys that they've got He's like, yeah, why, why, you guys? why have I only seen two of you? It's because yeah. the studio can't afford anymore. That yeah. kind of <laughs> um, in the case of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., what they usually, they're usually kind of operating in secret and they react to something quite quickly. So they don't, they don't want anyone else involved. They think they can handle it on their own. So there's an oh, element convenient. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like you're saying that, but really. Well, I mean, at least they're have. addressing it. You know. Well, yeah, some of their dodges aren't really that interesting, though, is it? I mean, even for the fans of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think they'll acknowledge that we had this aircraft carrier secret somewhere else didn't really impact that heavily on the Avengers films. You know, it really was just a, a teeny, teeny crossover of no particular yeah. value. But the previous episode, you had uh, Coulson's team get information that was then given to Maria Hill, who was, that was then used by Stark. And Maria and Hill was kind of the bridge. Uh, no, not anymore. Spoiler. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I thought maybe it was set in another time before no, def- the main it, Avengers. No, it's definitely the same universe because 
whenever a, whenever a film comes out, there's a tie-in episode. Sometimes the tie-ins are pretty tenuous, but there is a tie-in episode every time. Well, that sounds like fun. Like um, <laughs> after Thor two, they're in London for some reason cleaning up the mess of the destroyed spaceship. In you London. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Why are they in London? Because that that's where the final fight took place. Or oh, Grim. I don't remember that. And they have to oh, can, we, can we also just revel in that moment? Somebody can't remember <laughs> Thor 2 because it was a pointless film. Thank you. Can I just say, though, that I do really like Thor and I, like, I really like the stories of Thor and I've got Thor comics that I love, but I just... I don't know. I and Actually, I do really like Marvel. I'm just griping because I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there are inbuilt problems. The th- when you have these kind of big events going on and the Avengers don't turn up, then why is that? I mean, yeah. I like how Ant-Man addressed it. When, uh, Absolutely. Scott, Scott said to um, Hank, first thing we should do is call the Avengers. And then Hank Pym's like, no, I'm not letting a Stark anywhere near this. And that's his own pride, I suppose, that, that gets in the way of that. And that's fine. But at least, they've, again, they've, they've put some kind of lampshade on it. Well, that's actually a better reason in my mind. The fact that it's a personal human reason for doing it is actually is one of the better ones, you know, because it is something that somebody would get wrong, but de- but a human being would definitely do that. So that's yeah, that's much better. Yeah, it, I think one of the benefits though is you've got all these characters who exist in other films and you've seen in other films, so that means they can turn up at any point, and you don't really have to introduce them because they're going to assume you already know who they are and then the story just continues. So it keeps pace going, I think. But equally, that's also a drawback because there's there's then almost a requirement for either exposition because the writers don't trust yet that everybody who's watching knows this other person, so you lose a few minutes to that, or that it is just ultimately confusing for those people that haven't watched it. Yeah, so think, you might you might lose your pace in both cases. Yeah, I like Marvel's approach of when they bring in a character that you may or may not have seen in another film, and they just they assume that you're willing to at least go with the fact that this guy exists or this girl exists, uh, rather than spending some time introducing them. Uh, if you're familiar like enough, like what? With, uh, well, any of the characters in Civil War, really. You know, the you kind of just have to go with the fact that they're there most of Who the time. Well, the other one, the one I was thinking of was Sif coming into S.H.I.E.L.D., the, yeah. the, the Thor character um, coming into a S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. Yeah, they spent some time explaining who she was, but that was for the benefit of the characters that didn't know her, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't spend too much time on it, I think. They, they kept the story moving pretty quickly. In but that case, they must assume that people who are watching the TV show have seen the films. Yeah. Why would you watch the TV show if you hadn't seen the films? Like, come on. Yeah, there's, there's got to be someone out there that does it, but I don't, I can't imagine. <laughs> well, Marvel can take liberties that possibly none of the other shared universes can. Well, arguably the Arrowverse now, but because Marvel have put so much effort and time into building something that they probably have reached a lot more people than the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They've got a luxury there of just having the biggest, most widespread universe. Yeah, and they they took their time, as you said. Uh, Iron Man was just a film, and then it had a post-credit scene that may or may not lead into something much bigger than that. And then there was a bunch of other solo films, and 
I think at some point they crossed the line into being set up for the Avengers, but on the whole, they were telling stories about characters rather than essentially trying to create continuity. So they, yeah. they let it happen more naturally than other people have. <laughs> so they they didn't force it. They just went, waited to see if people were open, open to the idea. And by the time you get to the Avengers, it's all to play for. And other people have built on their success afterwards. So yeah, the, the DC Arrowverse then probably says, "Let's let's try and do the same thing and build that slowly." And they've they've had some success with that. Yeah, I mean, Arrow started off as a kind of grounded Batman analog type thing, where you know he was fighting criminals and other archers and just people with skills, really. And then they eventually decided to try introducing the Flash to see how that would go. And then from there, it's just it's spiraled into something that's much much different to how it started. Who's Daredevil again? Because didn't he have a really terrible movie? Yes, that wasn't set in the the current film universe, but it was a Marvel... Well, it wasn't really a Marvel film. It was a Fox film. So what did they do? They just ignore that he existed for one moment? That film wasn't made by them, so it's um, it's not worth considering. In the same way that the Andrew Garfield... But why is it not worth considering if it's a character from that universe? But they didn't try and build the stories in together when they did sort of Iron Man and the, and the Hulk story. They, yeah, they sort of they, they specifically said we're sort of starting again here and actively chose to not include any actions from the previous films in their history. Yeah. Then everything after them, they've really said, let's make use of that. Everything after that says this is now all definitely happened in all the other film, films' histories as well. So the Daredevil TV series that's on Netflix, that is their version of Daredevil, whereas the Ben Affleck one was Foxy's version of Daredevil, and no one liked it anyway. So, so but that why can continue. You... But it had its own shared universe, didn't it? Didn't it have Elektra as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Elektra may as well not have been, as far as I know. I've never actually watched it. But Is it not yeah. Jennifer Garner? Yeah, there's isn't there only like vague references or something? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Well, it still happened though, and yeah, no, it's the universe. You can't really deny that she kind of becomes the character in Daredevil, the film, Uh and then the spin-off or the sort of shared universe happened in her standalone film. Yeah, Mm. and then they abandoned the whole idea (laughs) Uh, Mm because Elektra has turned up in the Daredevil Netflix show as well. So, as a totally different character, really. Yeah. Yeah. So the the version that they're playing with in on Netflix is is their own version that they're using, and it it kind of ignores it completely ignores the previous one, in the same way that the current Spider Man completely ignores the previous two. That's really annoying. <laughs> oh, like, it seems to be working. You've just got to remember where the cutoff points are. I'm just like <laughs> I don't know. It's like the older I get, it's like the more different Spider-Man gets and he gets like a whole new few more movies and and I'm like, wow, this is just going to go on forever. People are yeah. forever going to be trying to tell the origins of Spider-Man and I'm already like, they've already produced too many. Well, they've specifically said they're not going to retell the origin of Spider-Man because everybody's seen it by now, He's surely. like, oh my God, I know, like he feels bad for his uncle, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's essentially it and I think that's... I guess that's part of the issue with the superhero shared stuff because you do have to devote some time to either introducing or reintroducing them and that's been done to varying degrees of success. 
Uh, sometimes it just feels like you're killing time for a couple of hours to get to a more interesting story. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of them just do it because they have to do it for, like, for Spider-Man, that only happened so that people could keep the rights of him, you know? Yeah. Like, and so it's just purely money-motivated, and then I can't be bothered with that. Well, the the Spider-Man one is, it's actually, it brings into your point about the shared universe being two things kind of collaborating that weren't initially together, because Spider-Man is still owned by Sony, so they're offering him out. They're they're loaning him to Marvel to use in their films. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> if if we get to see Spider-Man talk to Captain America, then I'm all for it. Uh, Any way that they have to make that happen, then they can do it. I think it's, it's really cute that you care so much because I really don't <laughs> give a crap. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are hundreds of superheroes. Like we don't need to get hung up on Spider-Man. Some of us do. Even, even though he's in your profile picture for Skype, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm looking at him and I'm like, oh, you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it does let them introduce so many characters. And it's it means that the existing characters that we know can have a bit of a hand in that as well. And the, the crossover potential is just, it's always fun seeing people that you wouldn't expect to see talking to each other, talk to each other. And I liked your point, Aaron, about the um, the two boss characters and those two procedural things, uh, how they would never have that chat uh, with any of their colleagues on their own shows. Well, I think that builds into Natalie's point, because that is where the surprise comes from. They weren't actually ever crafted or meant to be together. And so when you do actually get something, it is a surprise. You don't see it coming, and therefore, yeah, it is more interesting. Yeah. And... I mean, Marvel are sort of the go-to name for this thing, and everyone's kind of trying to replicate it. Uh, DC have done it twice, uh, one successfully and one not as successfully. Um, their TV universe is, is booming, and it's self-contained, and it's completely off the ground, and, and everything's fine. The characters go back and forth with no problems. Um, they bring their own things to the episode, whereas the films are just trying to force it, I think. Well, they're just trying to move too quickly, that's all. There's no reason why it couldn't have worked. It's just that there was this desperate need to do it too fast, that's all. Yeah. I think that is one of the major downsides of the whole sort of shared universe phenomenon is that Marvel's obviously done it so successfully that DC needs to try and push to keep up and, you know, various other properties as well are trying to aim for the whole sort of franchise um, model and that's just kind of swamping cinemas with tons and tons of stuff that's all supposed to tie in and get audiences invested in yeah. you know wider wider stories. But really, if it's not being told well, or if it's not interesting or engaging, then you it is ju- you're just getting this kind of flood of content that's all supposed yeah. to tie in together. I mean, love it or hate it, a Man of Steel is a film. You know, it's a film about Superman, and it doesn't make any real effort to integrate itself into anything larger and then Batman v Superman it just kind of oh look there's been a Batman for years and uh, now they're going to fight and then Suicide Squad is essentially this sort of bulk uplift for a uh, Marvel for, uh, for Batman villains basically. The strange thing about that is though there's there's no reason why those films should have shouldn't have worked really well because if they hadn't have crammed in the Justice League arguably Batman versus Superman would have been a reasonable enough idea 
I mean, that, surely if that's been proved by the comics, there's no reason the films yeah. couldn't do it. And Suicide Squad, getting a team of anarchic people together and trying to make them do something, again, what does it matter that some people know they had a history? It, it actually could just be another Dirty Dozen film. I mean, that was a good film. People liked it. So it, it didn't have to fail. Yeah. It just, yeah, it's more the execution rather than the actual idea itself that's the problem in in that case. And listeners to this podcast can check out even more thoughts on those films in the shared universe, Neil Before Pod, Standalone, <laughs> <laughs> Suicide Squad, and Batman vs. Superman episodes. Yeah. And uh, Civil War and the DC TV. This is all getting a bit meta for me. I'm getting a bit... <laughs> Brain fried. <laughs> yeah. Now, unfortunately, we don't have a shared universe of different podcasts yet, but, you know, uh, there'll oh be an Easter God. egg at the end of one podcast that will hint at another one and then so on. Yeah. Um, and then it'll be so big that we don't know where it's going. Yeah. And I'm already prepared like to believe that you and Natalie exist in the same universe, though, so <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> but are the listeners... I don't know. Are they? Are you going to beam it into space? Um, I don't know. Just totally do it. Our wedding was teased in the post-credit sequence of the last podcast. That's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah. It was a. <laughs> it, uh, it was recorded before the wedding, but I recorded it as if it was after the wedding. Because <laughs> I, I, uh, I knew I wouldn't get the editing done in time. Peeling away the layers of podcast magic. There's time travel in this podcast now. Continuity errors. <laughs> I mean, there's other potential issues with shared uh, continuity, as in it can get a bit too big for itself. You know, it gets, the, like we've already talked about, the kind of escalating threats and how every Marvel film, in theory, could have a world-ending threat that they're dealing with at the end of it. But where does where does that stop, you know? Well, they've done well with the TV shows because I think those ones are, are they not all street level, the Marvel TV shows? The Netflix so ones are, yeah. Yeah, so they've done well by bringing that back down to earth almost literally. Yeah, but even in like in Daredevil, you had massive explosions causing loads of property damage and then it was never referenced in Jessica Jones, for instance. But at no point was there an alien invasion, you know. I mean, it's... No, well, that happened before the series started. No, but they did. They, they didn't have any world-ending threats like in no. in Arrow. They suddenly had to get involved in nuclear weapons. You yeah. know, so far them. And the um, but the the films they tend to have escalating threats at the end. You know, um, well the Avengers had the alien invasion. Then Avengers Two had Ultron. Winter Soldier had the sort of uh, Shield, aka Hydra, aka Shield again, wanting to kill anyone who was ever a threat on Earth, for instance. Uh, um, I wonder if they'll ever go down the same route as some of the, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking without great knowledge, but I think the comics have done where they just move into another universe, essentially just retcon everything, start again. Yeah, <laughs> or just that? alien invasions become the accepted norm for the yeah. people on the street. You know, it's like, ah, oh, no, there's another one. It's like rain, you know. Um, but it does it does mean it can get kind of drowned in its own continuity, and and then that's where you get sort of unintended reboots. 
Well, maybe the whole thing actually is a flash in the pan. Maybe in 10 years' time, nobody will do a shared universe story anymore or try and mix things up because it'll just be, well, everybody's done that. We've seen it all already. Yeah, yeah. maybe the burnout will just be so great that mm-hmm. everyone kind of goes back to standalones. I could see um, I could see Marvel sort of repurposing their plan away from blockbusters if that ever happened. So they might still do Netflix series that are ostensibly set in the same universe, and then not and keep it going without making it a big deal every summer or twice a year or however often these films come out. As long as it's making them billions of dollars, I think they're <laughs> going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and everyone every time a Marvel film comes out, everyone says, "Oh, is this the one that's going to be crap?" And then, largely, it really isn't. I mean, even the the less the, the lesser quality ones haven't dented their brand too much. Mm-hmm. Well, it's another way they've actually managed to bring film into the same realm as TV, actually, because everybody watches their favorite show and at some point will go, "Oh, that was just a filler episode." Yeah. And Marvel almost are walking the tightrope of having, "Well, that was just a filler film." Yeah, I didn't like this one, but I'll go see the next one. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the benefit of different characters as well. It means that you, there's maybe less chance of you getting sick of constant sequels of the same person. Anyway, it's, I, think it's need wild. To start, I think they'll need to keep mixing it up, though, because when, they, when the lesser ones start to feel like very similar and you, know, you can't really tell them apart, uh, that's when it starts to get a bit of a slog and you need you need like an ant-man or something to kind of change up the the pace a bit or you know at least kind of look at things slightly differently i'd I'd be happier if i saw a bit more sort of inventiveness from the the stepping stones to the big sort of tentpole team up ones yeah and and that's sort of half the problem with a formula that actually works is people tend to just want to or film studios or tv studios or whoever just want to repeat that formula until people are sick of it and usually people get sick of it pretty quickly because the, there's promises made that are never fulfilled and things like that. But uh, I think this, we're getting into other podcast topic territory here. <laughs> Bring us back. Yeah. Um, what other potential problems can people think of for the whole shared continuity thing? Other than plot holes and inconsistencies, but those are going to happen. Anyway. I think it alienates people if they've not if they've not managed to see certain movies or certain things or anything i think it can make people feel a bit dumb i'm obviously talking from experience (laughs) i was was wondering that about um the movie version of the dark tower or and how that i don't know if you guys have read it or not but um the series of books relies so heavily on the rest of stephen king's works that I kind of went about it the wrong way. I didn't. Re- I hadn't really read many Stephen King books, but but then I set out reading The Dark Tower and didn't realize that it all tied into so many different things. So when they make the film version of it, presumably they're going to have to keep all that all those references in. And if people aren't familiar, then I don't know. If, well, they're going to have to try and make it kind of work on its own without relying too much on these other films. But I am wondering whether or not it's going to tie into all the other you know, film adaptations of Stephen King books because characters from those show up throughout the Dark Tower series. Is that a series of books that expects you to have read all the other Stephen King books or does it give you enough information to make do? <laughs> well, like I say, when, I, when I'd when i read them, I hadn't really read many other books and it didn't 
for me, it didn't really hamper it that much because I was just enjoying the story as it was. But then as I was going along, I realized that because he wrote it basically throughout the course of his career and had been interspersing it with all these other books, they all tie in or, you know, some of them tie in in far greater uh, degree. But yeah, it was, it's a bit weird kind of having read one that relies quite heavily on so many others without having read those. If you see what I mean? Hmm. You said it didn't ruin your enjoyment. Of no, no, because I just was enjoying it for the story at the time. And um, I, I hope that they can manage to do that with the, with the film adaptation. Well, yeah, that's, and hopefully that's what they're trying to do. That, would, that to me, would seem to be the ideal thing. It it's it's just really painful for the writers, but yeah. yeah. But those, those films or, you know, stories of his that are referenced and characters exist in film already so it'll be interesting to see if how the film version of the dark tower if it will kind of try to tie into existing films that already reference those stephen king characters and, and books like uh, jack nicholson will turn up and say here's johnny or something <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that, that's an interesting one i don't know much about the dark tower but i know they've I know little bits and pieces about it, and I know enough to think that the film adaptation is just going to be incredibly ambitious, and yeah. or it's, it's an ambitious thing to attempt. Whether they'll manage it or not is another story. But I mean, yeah. they said that about Lord of the Rings, and that broadly speaking works, I think. True, yeah, and it's a similar sort of thing where there's so many fans of the book series that uh, can, you know, will be hoping for it to be really good, but will be expecting to be let down. I think. Hmm. Yeah, I I wonder how that'll go, and I wonder if I should read it before I go watch it. I don't know. I'll think that over. Uh, Yeah, in in terms of the alienation thing, that's an interesting point, and um, I'd never really experienced that, because usually if I'm in a universe, I'm in a universe, you know, I'm... Yeah, because you're a geek. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. Not in a bad way, like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, I'm just saying, because you're so into it, whereas... Even if I'm into something, it's not the only. Th- I don't know. Yeah. So far, I think the 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 Arrowverse one is still succeeding and solving that problem because I'm at the moment pretty much just watching Flash, maybe Legends as well. So the other two, um, Arrow and and Supergirl, I'm not watching, but I don't feel like I need to. I don't feel like I've missed a lot. No, the, so, the Flash is its own TV show, and, yeah. and say uh, Felicity, who's a character in Arrow, for those that don't know, uh, she'll turn up in the Flash now and again. But as long and and all you really need to know is that she's a character from other, this other show. But that's the thing; like you need to know that she exists somewhere else, and that she's got this other agenda. Blah blah blah. But you when know, she turns like, up in Flash, she's there to do something. So, the, the her own show or the show that she's. A, in has nothing to do with it if that makes sense it has nothing to do with that appearance it's just she's she's left um one city and went to another and now she's talking to different people that's all so and they do that quite often there's just little cameos from different characters and it's kind of instead of just making up a character to fulfill that role they've already got a character who can fulfill that role so they do it's trickier when they actually do the crossover stories where a story starts in one show and then ends in another. 
I think they try to make them reasonably standalone, but you're you're blatantly supposed to watch. They did both. in year. They did the first time they did it. They made it more standalone, but in the second time they did it, it was a two part story. But I think they're banking on that the people that watch, if the people only watch one show, they'll at least watch the other one for that episode. Well, that's how I've gotten around it. But maybe you, but maybe you don't have time. Maybe you know, you're not that into it. It would be yeah. confusing. You would miss out. In which case, you're probably willing to just accept that you're not going to see the second part of the story, and then wait and find out what the the Flash does next week in his own show. You know, it's difficult for us, I think, to put ourselves in the shoes of someone who doesn't think about these things all the time or doesn't, you know, approach them as if they're part of a wider universe. Yeah. I can't, I I personally don't think I can imagine being a fan of a single TV show and not realizing that I was missing out on things or, or maybe being confused by parts that I, you know, didn't fully understand, but because we kind of get together and talk about it or write about it a lot, you're you're kind of always switched on to the idea that those things are out there. I did experience it slightly actually when I was watching just to to go back to that Sleepy Hollow Bones one. I'd I'd stopped watching Bones in series one and hadn't been watching it again, but I'd watched Sleepy Hollow continuously. So it was very weird when I turned on to a Sleepy Hollow episode one time and saw all the last time on Sleepy Hollow, and it was I. Oh, I've missed an episode. Oh, that's that. I've not seen any of that. What have I done? Have I mixed up my recordings? And it took me a moment to realise that actually, last time on Sleepy Hollow was actually they'd said last time on Sleepy Hollow and Bones, and I just kind of missed what they'd said. But that was actually quite disorienting. If I not stuck with it, I could have thought, Oh God, what have you done there? Well, I've got other things to do and wandered off. It, it could have been a risk. Yeah. Um. The- these crossovers tend to broadly exist as a rating grab, though. So they kind of... I think the idea is that most people will tune into this other show for that episode just to see what happens when the show they're, they're watching crosses into it. And then, like the, I think Flash and Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, etc., they, they bank on that, at least for their crossovers. But they only do these event crossovers once a year at the moment. I mean, there's other smaller crossovers throughout but it's, again it's just characters that can bring something to a couple of scenes who um who chime in for a little while <laughs> yeah so um although i mean the the flash the flash one's more complicated in the sense that a uh, supergirl isn't set in the same universe but it also kind of is as in within the shows they live in different universes and they acknowledge that but the Flash has the ability to move between universes. Don't bring multiverses into this, we'll just be screwed. Yeah. So that means that they do exist then? Well, they, they coexist because they've interacted and they make reference to the fact that they've interacted and they're going to interact again. Then it's a shared, in, then it's a shared universe. It's a shared multiverse. A shared I told you not to do that. <laughs> it's a shared multiverse then. Right. Yeah, I'll just point people towards the respective subreddits afterwards in the credits <laughs> for explanation. Or yeah. uh, read read my reviews. I'll uh, I'll explain <laughs> when I review the crossover in next month. I will explain what's going on. But yeah, that's I guess that's one that's um, that's definitely playing around with the idea. But I suppose if you know if, if you subscribe to the multiverse angle, and I'm not saying that we should, there's nothing to stop. 
the Flash turning up in Grey's Anatomy if he runs into the wrong universe. I mean, that would be crazy, but... There's nothing to stop anything, and it's all connected because it all happens on our Earth, the one true <laughs> shared universe. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, you've just found the break point of all discussions. That's <laughs> yeah, it's know, all made up. Head, I'm it's honestly all... thinking about how how it does all exist, everything at one time, and what what's the point? Well, here's the one that okay. Here's the something that stops you having to worry about that then, because I remember once in Scrubs they referred to the Ross and Rachel problem. So we now know that Scrubs cannot exist in the same universe as Friends because Friends is fictional in the Scrubs universe. Therefore, yeah. there is at least some block that stops yeah. everything merging into one. But, and there's but other shows that talk about other shows as being fictional things. But they acknowledge it. Yeah. I mean, how many shows talk about The Wire, you know, because they want to be culturally relevant, I suppose. But talking about Scrubs, talking about Friends... With Scrubs recognizing that Friends is a TV show, oh yeah, yeah. yeah so no, yeah, you've it. you've just found the Inception problem that probably bring bring us back around to multiverses again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. What I don't about, I don't want to think more about it. What so. about singing the theme to the Mickey Mouse Club at the end of Full Metal Jacket? <laughs> <laughs> That's not anything. That's just cultural. That just exists. Us. And there's, a, I mean, this more comes under Easter eggs, but you get shows that break the fourth wall, like Boston Legal, where um, William Shatner's character is always making reference to Captain Kirk. <laughs> you know, he's, um, he has a flip phone in one episode, so he opens it and it makes the communicator sound effect and things like that. Aww, that's, <laughs> that's, that's them just having fun with this, the guy that the actor played. But does that mean Star Trek doesn't exist in the Boston Legal universe? No, that because, just means that the actor is happy that he's getting paid so much. <laughs> it's a show where it's just because of Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, you've got um, things like Last Action Hero that referenced Terminator 2, but it was Sylvester Stallone. That yes, was oh my God, I love that. But that's just because that's what you did in the early 90s in movies. <laughs> Bend people's minds. Yeah. And then, yeah. It's in the all, Last Action Hero all, universe. Yeah. It's just alternate realities, and it has to be something that we can recognise. You know, oh, I don't know. I don't. I. I think we've totally gone off tangent, and and I don't think we need to talk about that. Are Terminator and Robocop linked anywhere other than that Mega Drive game? No. Oh no, there's comics. I'm sure there's comics, but okay. what isn't there comics of? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose Terminator could be the future of Robocop, but. Mm, I don't know. I don't want to see that. <laughs> really. Mm. But yeah, you, you can get bogged down in, in this sort of continuity stuff and, and all this referencing and things. And you've got these... The alternate reality thing's an interesting one because anything that has Superman in it exists in a world where there's no Superman other than the real guy. What? So Wait, what? Well, the... The character of Superman has had so much influence across the decades in comics, but if you're watching a Superman TV show, there is no Superman comic. Well, yeah, there is. Nope. Yeah. Because he's real, not a fictional character. No, but I'm quite sure in a Superman movie, there's like there's like a reference to him becoming a, a comic. Uh, is there? 
Yeah, it's like, a, oh, look, you've made it. Now oh, well, on. yeah, people people maybe write comics about him after he appears. But what I mean is, the no, he's never actually created as a fictional character initially. But that's, again, that's another different topic. That's, like a, that's a really strange thing to say, though. That's like <laughs> Spider-Man doesn't exist with his Spider-Man comics. Yeah, well, he's living his comics, so he's, he doesn't. Yeah, but so super, like, what? <laughs> I just feel like that's a bit redundant. <laughs> Do you think in Friends, the TV show, there is another like ubiquitous sitcom that they all watch every night, every Friday night or whatever? No, because they've got better things to do themselves. <laughs> so there's no, there's no replacement TV show. Definitely not uh, Days of Our Lives or whatever it was that Joey was in. Yeah. Days of Our Lives? Well, they... I mean, it's weird to reference the OC, but the OC had an OC-like TV show that existed in the world of the show. That's because it was the master show. <laughs> That's like when you're playing The Sims, and then you can open up a game on the computer in The Sims that's got the EA music on it. <laughs> and you're like, whoa. Or within a game. the original Maniac yeah. Mansion in Day of the Tentacle. <laughs> <laughs> so... I guess to get us back on topic, what other properties do you think could work with a whole shared universe model? Like either ones that could easily have other stories set in that world or two properties that could just coexist? What? <laughs> what shared but, universe would you like to see? Yes. What two things would you bring together? <laughs> uh, or Mario what, Sonic you, at the Olympics? <laughs> I was kind of thinking that Mission Impossible and James Bond would be a fun crossover. Mm. That would just be one big pissing contest. Yeah. Oh, damn it. I wish yeah. I'd have gotten this question before. I could have really thought about it. I'm thinking, imagine Jurassic Park and any other crossover with anything. Like, oh, Go I on. don't know. <laughs> what if Jurassic Park shared a universe with... Friends. Gladiator. Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Park and Gladiator. <laughs> or what if what if Jurassic Park in anything? Jurassic Park in The Shining. <laughs> Jurassic Park in I wanna go over and look at my DVDs now. The fly. Just think of anything. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's character from The Fly. In Jurassic Park. In Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh my god. What about. Oh, I don't know. Bobby. That's such a good question. Care Bears be my little pony? No. <laughs> Whoever well, they, wins, we lose. I mean, the Expendables is, uh, is almost uh, a bunch of action properties, you know, crossing over. Almost. As in Stallone's playing a kind of Rambo esque character and. Arnie's playing a kind of every character he's ever played esque character, and Bruce Willis is a John McClane type, and, and things like that. Uh, but that doesn't really count because they aren't Rambo and John McClane. So, but you could go Fast and Furious with any other sort of heist or Mission Impossible type uh, action film now. Did they not mention that Fast and Furious was going to cross over with something at some point? Maybe I think it was the Expendables, actually. Maybe they did. 
they're kind of becoming they're becoming each other anyway. They're kind of merging <laughs> slowly. Oh my god! Slowly and furiously. That's such a great question. Oh my god! Yeah, Imagine according like to, according to Google, you've got Fast and Furious crossing over with the Transporter. Mm. <laughs> Underwhelming. What about, what about if it was like Jurassic Park? No, what if it was like Godzilla? No, King Kong. No, I don't know. King what Kong and Godzilla like, already happened. No, what if it was like King Kong? No, the Good Fellas and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No. <laughs> what would that what even if be just like? like Far back just, as I can remember, I always wanted to skip school. <laughs> no, I don't mean like that. I mean like, what if in the background of like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, there's like the good fellas like murdering someone. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how this works. It's. I think people, when they're thinking about this, people tend to pick one genre and and yeah. and and take two of their favorite shows and say they'd love together love to bring them together, like in the. The science fiction world at the moment, people have been talking about trying to get dark matter together with killed joys. And it sounds like it should work because they're both sci-fi set in some sort of intermediate future. Um, they've since managed to exclude each other by having quite different backgrounds and technology levels, so they can't really happen. But you could pick pick any show of, of a, any two shows of one genre it works. The most interesting ones would probably be if you could take something from two different genres entirely. Yeah. Star Trek and Doctor Who is one that keeps coming up that people want to do. Uh, how about Sherlock and House? That could happen. Why? I mean, when I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about all those movies like Jurassic Park, I was thinking, how fun would it be to be watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off and he's just going down the street in the convertible and then... Jurassic Park's happening, like, behind him. <laughs> I don't know. How would Ferris Bueller deal with a T-Rex? That's, well, that's no, maybe question. he's... No, like, I don't... Like, they're not aware of each other. They're just, Ferris, like, background. Ferris Bueller so, skips school and goes to Jurassic Park. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's the movie, Ferris Bueller. But in the background, there's, like, Jurassic Park happening. You're getting into YouTube fan editing stuff here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's an idea, um, but I mean, I mentioned Sherlock and House. There's no reason that they couldn't, because isn't House just Sherlock Holmes, but as a doctor? Yeah, no. yeah, I suppose so. They're both. I think they'd, they'd have trouble existing on the same screen. They would just hate oh. each other. But maybe it would just be one long argument, and that could really work. That would be fun to see on on its own. Uh, if you the like Robert Downey. The Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes and the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock Holmes. Wait a minute. Isn't there some sort of shared universe with Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, it's the Marvel Universe. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. A different one. Not that I know of. Right, okay. Unless Ali McBeal exists in a universe with other things. I don't know. I don't know either. Can anyone else think of anything else they'd like to see come together or more stories in a given world with maybe different characters? Mm, no. I always wanted to see what it was like on the Predator homeworld. 
because I think the impression I got about predator aliens was that they were hunters, but I always thought that there had to be some sort of predator society that existed back in the predator homeworld. I want to know what predators. Some of them are like chefs. Yeah, chefs and and teachers. And school teachers. (laughs) Yeah. They don't, some of them grow up to be uh, intergalactic hunters, but you know, some of them just are traffic wardens. And um, <laughs> so, what you're saying is, Bummers. you would really like to see a crossover between the Predator and Friends, where six predators <laughs> who haven't really managed to get into the hunting game just kind of sit around and bitch about each other. Yep. <laughs> oh, I think I get what you mean now by crossover. Yes, here we go. Sorry. I've ruined it. <laughs> predator, yeah. predator Homeworld. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, awesome. that, that'd be an interesting one. It'd be a bit like Klingon society in Star Trek. You know, the, all we see is warriors, but there's got to be other stuff too. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to function. Or could they? Well, they need someone to invent their technology. So. Or do they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What well, about Planet of the Giant Apes? It's Planet of the Apes versus King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> they all ride around on tiny horses. <laughs> the whole show is just a perspective issue. That's <laughs> is that King Kong or is it just an ape that's really close? <laughs> I think the possibilities are endless. I'm gonna get back to the drawing board. I've got totally. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed by I'm overwhelmed by choice. I can't I can't pick one. Yeah, going going back to my spy one, I, th- I think um, Jason Bourne, James Bond, and Mission Impossible could work. But there's no reason it couldn't. They're all secret agents in some way or another. No, but they're not allowed to know that they're all secret agents. They're they secret. could be working the same thing. I don't know. Not if they're for different like people. And plus, yeah. James Bond would probably kill one of them. So. That Tom Cruise wouldn't let that happen. Yeah. Mm. Um, so on, on that note, I think we should probably wrap up since anyone has anything else. I, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm exhausted. Giant apes. Giant, <laughs> giant apes. Planet of the giant Close up apes. Close up apes. <laughs> <laughs> or very small people. Who knows? Planet of the very small people. Yeah, there's... I think in the past hour or so we've managed to define almost nothing. <laughs> with danced around an issue so it is complicated but it's good fun and I'm not sick of Marvel films yet so I'm keen to see more of it I'm not sick of the the Arrow or the universe that Arrow started yet so uh, I'm keen to see more of it I'm close to getting sick of the DC film universe that's just because they're a bit crap there is that in some cases just wait till Aquaman takes the world by storm are they actually making an Aquaman (laughs) Uh, perhaps are they actually yeah cool so Aaron final thought on uh, shared universes as an idea is it for Um, you or not for you I I do like them I'd probably agree with Natalie though that the most interesting ones are the ones that aren't pre-constructed that suddenly come together and give you pause for extra thought Mm. oh another one they're attempting is uh, the universal monsters Dracula, the Wolfman, Mummy, etc. They're all going to share a universe. Or they were supposed to, but nobody liked Dracula untold, so they abandoned it, and I think they're going to try it again. So there. That's an interlude. Uh, 
Angus, what are your thoughts? Uh, Jane Silent Bob versus Predator. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Definitely would watch that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about shared universes as an idea? Are you for it, against it, indifferent to um, it? I like it. I like the immersion, but then I don't know. It's it's you've got it's a bit of a balancing act because you can end up with just overload. And I think I am getting a bit that way with the current kind of crop of superhero movies. Um, so yeah, I like the I like being able to get invested in a bigger world, but then sometimes there's just too much of it. So, Fair enough. On the fence. On the fence. As usual. Firmly planted on the fence. Yeah, where I can see all the big apes. Yeah. <laughs> all the, or all the close apes. Yeah. <laughs> and Natalie, what are your thoughts? Um. Yeah. I I like the the idea of them, and I think I enjoy them definitely when I know what's going on. When it's things like hundreds of Star Trek things going on and, I, and I'm not privy to it all then then I'm not a huge fan of that because I don't get it and I feel like it pushes me out of like a movie but when it's mm-hmm. things that I get then yeah, I, I enjoy the Strange Universe, I think they're quite cool I like oh. the idea of them all existing like the more things all existing at the same time it's kind of like mental It is indeed mental so <laughs> <laughs> We're, we all like or are indifferent to them. That's, that's what we should take away from this. Well, it's, yeah. it's been a good, good, good discussion. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Anytime. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, it keeps happening, so yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, Chris. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Aaron, thanks for being on. All right, cheers. And Angus, thanks for being on. Thank you. And Natalie, thanks for being on. I'm just happy to be here. Thanks. As am I. <laughs> Good okay. night. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So, that was our discussion on shared universities. We had a goal, but it's too big a discussion, even for us. I think we have a long way to go before we can declare ourselves masters of the universe. Yes. Thanks to Tonendo and 331 E-Rock for the supplied music. You can find us on iTunes or any major podcasting app, so please tune in to the next Real Before Talk.